It's midnight in the woods. Darkness surrounds us. None of us are sure exactly what is out there. Luckily, you've made it here. You've made it to the campfire. In the second story, Amber shares just how creepy campground bathrooms can be. And in the first story, Liz shares an experience roaming an abandoned building. Hi, my name is Liz, and I am from the middle of nowhere, Iowa. So if you ever thought about, hmm, what does the middle of nowhere, Iowa look like? A bunch of cornfields? Yep, that is what it looks like, and that is where I grew up. And as you can imagine, being a teenager in the middle of nowhere, there wasn't a lot to do. Unless you were drinking UV blue in somebody's basement, you were probably out and about going into cornfields and getting in trouble. So one night, little preteen tween Lizzie, me, and a couple of friends, um, boys, definitely was led by boys, but you know, I got, I got in there too. We decided we were going to go explore this old abandoned building. It's out, kind of way out off the highway by itself. Looks like a small old office building and it was just a mile or so down from an actual active building that was a mental health facility so it was kind of like a you know in the olden days they would have called it an insane asylum and that is what the place that was abandoned looked like you know it had rotting wood it had it looked like it would fall apart in any kind of big storm but it had always been there and it was always kind of creepy oh you know we shouldn't go it's it's guarded off but tonight was the night we decided that's it we're going we're gonna go check it out so it's dark we wait till the cover of darkness <laughs> as a teenager would and we decide we're gonna go check it out and we get there and we're going around the building and we're looking for a way in and there the door is boarded up there's no way to get in and the wood was falling apart it was rotting but you couldn't just pull it off with your hands now luckily for us there was an old abandoned swing set next to the building almost looked like a schoolyard to play in and there were no actual seats on the swings but there were the poles that, that stood there that once held the swing set and kind of the um wire or whatever would have held the swing um it was all falling apart so we had the genius idea it wasn't very heavy to pull the swing set pole out of the ground and use it as a battery ram to ram into the wood boards in this old building just to make a small hole or a dent just to be able to move one of the tall boards so we could slide our way in and see what was inside so we did exactly that. And mom, if you are hearing this podcast, I am so sorry. <laughs> this is one of those things that it happened and we swore never to talk about it again because of what happened next. So we ram down, the, we make a hole in the board and we walk inside and it's very dark and we had flashlights, luckily. And we walk in and we shine our flashlight and the first thing we see is a painted old-timey smiley face with uh, 
a logo. I don't know what the best word to say, but the words for, you know, the hospital, the for the children's asylum, for the clinically insane with this smiley face. <laughs> and I was like, you've got to be kidding. There's no way um, that the, they would paint a smiley face on that. But the room, it was clear, was for children. It looked almost like a daycare of of old with all this stuff and we start shining our flashlights around and on the ground we're feeling stuff crunch under our feet and I think oh it must just be leaves and there were leaves but there were also a ton of small syringes there were small syringes everywhere there were like little cups almost like Dixie cups that you would have had pills in and we're shining our flashlights until we get to a corner and in the corner there was it was a chair and it had restraints on the arms the legs and up by the neck and i know when you picture a chair with restraints you're picturing it to be a normal size chair for an adult it was small it was a small chair looked for like for a toddler or a child and we start thinking okay oh my gosh we're shining our flashlights around and there was a ladder. It wasn't very tall, but it was a ladder kind of near the hole that we had made um, in the in the wall. And it was a it was a thick wooden like you could climb up it, but it definitely didn't look sturdy and it looked so old that if we had climbed on it, it, it would have broken. Um, so we didn't go on the ladder and then down past the ladder like kind of further to the left there was a ladder going down um, and we were like no way are we gonna go down so we were just continuing to kind of explore all around this room this kind of schoolhouse feeling place with the paint on the walls the syringes on the ground and we are shining our lights and all of a sudden I, f I see light coming from a, a different area of the an insane asylum and I figure it must be one of my friends shining their light but I look and it doesn't look like a flashlight it looks like a flame and I walk over and there are two candlesticks that are freshly lit the wax was not dripping it did not look like they had been there it doesn't look like they had ever been lit before. It looked like the, like a freshly lit new two candles. And there were two of them. And they had just lit up. Because when we had first entered the house, there was no light. It was just our flashlights. And then these candles suddenly are lit. And a chill just went down my entire body. And I was like, guys, we got to get out of here. And they're like, what do you mean we got to get out of here? And they come over and they're looking at the candles and they say, no, you must have lit them. I said, I don't have a match or a lighter. I'm 13 in Iowa. How would I have lit these candles? And so we're, you know, we're kind of going back and forth and some want to stay and some want to go. And then we hear a loud bang. And the ladder, the ladder going up fell. It fell and it blocked the hole that we had used to come in through the wall. So I start panicking. I'm like, how are we going to get out of here? We can't get back through that hole. This ladder is heavy. Like we can't, like it, it, it's, it's messed up our hole. Like we got, we can't move it. And 
you know, everyone's starting to get a little spooked, some of them are still having fun. And they say, well, we'll just have to go down the stairs and go out through the tunnels. And I, you know, now me saying this back, I'm like, how did we come to these conclusions? But remember, we're like 12 or 13 and we're all scared and you know, it's like playing truth or dare, like back in the day in Iowa, I can't really give a rhyme or reason, but we decided the only way, the only way out of this situation was to go down the stairs, down the ladder. So one of the boys bravely climbed down the ladder and luckily it didn't break or anything. It was sturdy enough to hold our little body weight. So we all climbed down to get away from the candles and the syringes and the chair and the stupid smiley face. And we climbed down and as we go down this tunnel with our flashlights, we're seeing, okay, it's definitely a tunnel. Um, It was wet, you know, kind of damp and dank and really dark and you hear kind of dripping noises so we're walking and we're we're assuming if we just kept going there'd be another door or a way out i don't know why we would assume such a thing but we start walking and at first i thought maybe it was one of my friends messing with me but we just start hearing whimpers and cries sounded like children sounded like people younger than us at the time in there in the tunnel with us and you know we started walking a little bit faster we're like why i thought it was my friends it was not my friends we're all looking at each other no one's speaking but we're seeing we're hearing the whimpers we're hearing the cries and so I was of half of mind to try and go back and climb back up that ladder, but it was so dark, and we kept walking, and we hear another loud bang, and it sounded like the bang before, because the ladder going down had slipped and fallen. And I say slipped, I don't know if it was pushed, I don't know if the children, the spirits of these children were trying to keep us with them down in these tunnels, I don't know, but we start running the other direction and there doesn't seem to be an end in sight. I think we hoped that maybe if we kept walking, the tunnel would lead us to the active mental health facility. Like maybe the tunnels had existed in the past to let doctors go back and forth. I don't know, but we're running with our flashlights and we, luckily someone shined the flashlight up and we see like a great, like a storm, great, you know, thing. And we're like, okay, we have to move it, we have to push it push on it. It's so heavy. It moved a tiny bit, but it was so heavy and it was high above our heads. So, you know, we're on each other's shoulders trying to push this thing out to get ourselves out of this haunted, abandoned tunnel. So we're pushing on the grate. We finally get it to move slightly. So we're working, we're sliding it, we're scared. We slide it enough to make a hole to fit through. So, you know, one of us gets pushed up And I was last, because of course I was last. (laughs) And so I'm down in the tunnel, I'm by myself, my arms are above my head, I'm jumping to try and grab onto my friend's arms, and they're starting to pull me, they're starting to pull me up, they're starting to pull me up, I'm almost there, my head's about to peek out, and I feel a little hand grab my ankle. Just pulling lightly, trying to keep me, pull, but tugging like a tug. 
tug, almost like try like pay attention to me when a little kid tugs on your pant leg, and they're pulling me. So I start screaming like, "Get me out of here! Pull me up! Get me! Someone's trying!" And so they do. They finally just heave me, and I fly up. We close the storm drain, and we just start running. And I, to this day, will never forget the feeling of a little hand grabbing my ankle pulling me back down into a tunnel covered in syringes and smiley faces and children's toys and a restraint chair meant for babies. I, yeah, so next time that you and your friends are like, maybe we should go in a haunted, abandoned house. Like maybe it's haunted. It is. It is definitely haunted, especially if it was a an insane asylum for children who are clinically insane. It's definitely haunted. You definitely shouldn't go. Uh, yeah, just stay home because children will grab your ankle and you'll never sleep again. <laughs> Thank you. Hi, my name is Amber, and this is my ghost story. So it's probably the early 2000s. I'm in eighth grade, and I'm from Minnesota, which means that I'm spending my summer camping. We camp every year, and it's such a good part of my memories growing up. I'll never forget this particular trip. It was my mom, my uncle, my cousin Dylan, and myself. We spent the whole day swimming in the Mississippi River, hiking, enjoying time, and we were resting at our campsite. We were doing what you do at a campsite. We were playing Moncala, roasting s'mores, reading stories from more scary stories to tell in the dark. Super fun. I remember it was getting late, and before we zipped up our tents to go to bed, I knew I needed to use the restroom. I asked my cousin Dylan if he would come with me, because it was dark and kind of creepy. He said yes. We grabbed our flashlights, and we walked up the gravel road to the campsite restroom. It was just how you would picture it. Dimly yellow-lit lighting, that sound of the mosquito buzzer trap, zap, zapping bugs, I'll never forget that. And I remember I opened the big metal door to the restroom, leaving my cousin Dylan outside. I went in, probably about eight or nine stalls, a few showers, fully made of cement. I don't know if you know what a campsite bathroom is, but nothing special. And I looked to my right and I remember seeing an old woman in the mirror. Now I've been asked to describe this woman many times as I've told this story many times but the only thing I can really remember about this woman is she was old she was small and she had long scraggly wiry gray hair that almost went down to her back she kind of reminded me of the grandma from the 90s versions of the Adams family I hope that gives you a picture she was sitting in the mirror and she had toiletries in front of her spilled all into the sink except that they weren't normal toiletries I remember them distinctly. They were like from a different time period. She had like a metal shaver and like an old fashioned hairbrush. I don't know, just kind of gave me a weird vibe. She didn't acknowledge me and I remember I went in one of the stalls. I was probably in the stall for about 15 seconds when all of a sudden I started hearing some gurgling sounds. Like she was talking under her breath. 
the time I sounded like something like this and she didn't stop and it kind of just like went on and on and on and it was very quiet and scary she was mumbling gurgling it was like this like weird vocal fry in the back of her throat at that point I started to get kind of freaked out I mean what's going on and I I didn't even know if this woman had known I came in It, it just felt like she was I don't know how to describe it. I just kind of felt like I was intruding on her space. I quickly hurried up and used the restroom, and I debated not washing my hands because I kind of just wanted to get the heck out of there. Gave me that feeling, right? But I'd been camping all day. I was like, no, I need to wash my hands, so I did it. I chose to use a sink about two sinks down from her. As I walked into the sink, she was slowly brushing her hair with this old metal brush that I'd mentioned. Long, slow strokes down this long, scraggly, gray, wired hair. When I turned on the sink, I began washing my hands, and I felt a shift in the room. Like, I was close to her. Even though I was about five to seven feet from her, I felt very, very anxious being that close to her, like I had intruded on her in some way, even more than I already had. I know people describe, like, when they see a ghost, it feels cold, and my te- the temperature in the room didn't change, but I remember instantly getting goosebumps, like the energy had completely shifted. All of a sudden, she stopped brushing her hair. I looked out of the corner of my eye and I could see that she was frozen. All of a sudden, she turned her head slowly in my direction and she said two words to me. She looked me up and down and said, get out. After that, it's an actual complete blur. I've never felt a warning like that feel so strongly. Those words, get out, literally went through my bones and it set me into fight or flight. I didn't even dry my hands. I rushed out of the bathroom. Like something had told me, Amber, you need to get out of here. It was the strangest warning I've ever heard. I saw my cousin when I left the door I, I ran out and he goes what, what's wrong as he could see that I had like had very little color in my face and I was pretty upset just jarred he said what's going on Amber I said Dylan there's a woman and I didn't even know where to begin because what am I going to say there's the grandma from the Adams family in there and she told me to get out of the bathroom it's hard to describe it I didn't even know what to say but I told him I go there was someone in there that told me to get out and I'm super creeped out and I tried to describe it to him my best but he said let me just look inside. Let me make sure everything's okay. He was braver than me, I guess. I also think he was kind of curious because I'm sure I was not making any sense. So about 30 seconds after I left and told this mixed mosh bag of a story, my cousin Dylan opened the metal door. He immediately turned to me and he said, what are you trying to do? I said, what do you mean? He's like, what, this is, what are you, like, were you trying to freak me out? And I said, no, what are you talking about? He said, Amber. There's no one in this bathroom. What? We both went in, checked for every exit, looked in every shower stall, looked up and down all around and noticed that in this big square cement room, there was only one exit. I couldn't breathe because I felt like I was crazy. I said, what? And and uh, for a while, my cousin Dylan, on the way back to the campsite, walking that gravelly path, He kept saying, Amber, stop pulling my leg, stop making jokes, because he did know that I was a jokester. But I, I, how was there no one there? To this day, I still get freaked out thinking about it. 
because it was the strongest image, if it was a ghost, that I'd ever seen. If it wasn't a ghost, where would she have gone? I spent many, many, many years thinking about this old woman, the Adams Family Ghost, I like to call her, because she looked so much like that lady. I've seen ghost sets. I've, I've always been kind of raised with, like, the idea to keep an eye open to these things. I have a family member who practices uh, psychic abilities and has always kept my eyes and ears open to the possibility of spirits and things like that. But to this day, I have never in my life seen or felt a spirit that strongly. I don't know. Every time I go camping now and I go to the campsite, I can't lie to you. I'm a little freaked out to use the bathroom. Thanks. Happy Halloween. getting late and the campfire is dying down. A big thank you to Liz and Amber for sharing their experiences with us. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. It helps get the word out about Campfire to other listeners who appreciate spooky stories. Check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash devilsdaughterpodcast. This show is produced by Brad Pike and Lisa Burton with editing and original music by Ben Kinzinger. If you're looking for something else to listen to, check out Experience the World, a podcast intricately describing worldly experiences from a first-person perspective from the demented mind of Brad Pike. Devil's Daughter has shows every Wednesday at 8 p.m. at the Annoyance Theater in Chicago. For tickets to that and other comedy shows, visit theannoyance.com. And for more information about Devil's Daughter, visit devilsdaughtercomedy.com.